Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Suns in four. One, two, three, four. Four minutes of nonstop Suns news, highlights, and takes on the team. Suns in four. four. Presented by 72 Souls. Yeah, Suns in Sacramento last night looking to exact revenge from a buzzer beater loss they had to the Kings already this season in Phoenix. And things got off to a good start in the first quarter. Devin Booker doing what he does. Paul dribble drive into the lane. They work it around the perimeter. Booker open on the left wing for three. He got nothing but the bottom of the net. And Devin Booker has the first five points of the night. Suns lead at five nothing. Yeah, John Bloom on the calls last night along with Tim Kempton. Suns shot fifty eight percent in the first quarter. They led by six after twelve minutes with Booker, Paul, and Cameron Payne combining for twenty six points in the first twelve minutes. We will fast forward back to the second quarter. Things uh, going back and forth. Not a whole lot of defense being played, uh, but the Suns continued to shoot well. 63-62. Kings lead it again. Now Bridges open for three, and he hits from the right side over Terrence Davis. That was Cameron Payne who threw the cross-court pass to the open Mikel Bridges for three. Yeah, Bridges hit the three. That put the Suns up by two, 65-63. Things remained tight in the second. They led by three at the break, and then the third quarter happened. Big-time push for the Suns. And a lot of it spurred by defense. Buddy heals. Booker swinging to Paul. Wide open for three. He got it from the right corner right in front of his teammates. And the Suns extend their biggest lead to 17, 81-64. It's a 14-0 start to the third quarter yeah, for Paul, Phoenix. Paul on the 14-0 run. Here's where the defense kicked in. Sorry, Ben. Buddy heals. Dribbles to the free throw line. Had it poked away. Stolen by campaign. He lobs it ahead to Landry Shamit. Tough for him to get, catch up with it, but he does. Taps it back to Johnson. Now it's Booker alone for three. It's all net from the right wing for D. Book, who stays there and strikes the pose in front of his teammates. And now the Boo Birds coming out in Sacramento. Yeah, a 24-point lead after the Booker three at that point. They would lead by 22 at the end of the third quarter. Garbage time, right? You yeah. think? Yeah, okay for all of us to go to sleep for our 3.30 wake-up? Yes, go to sleep, Jared. Sleep well. Things are good. Not exactly. Into the hands of Metu, and here come the Kings and the crowd coming alive. Fox, Eurostep on Bridges, put it up and in off the window. It's a nine-point game. Yeah, you could t- the difference in the crowd, you hear the Boo Birds called out by John Bloom, and then the, the energy at the beginning of that soundbite, De'Aaron Fox cut it to nine. It got real tight. Yeah, it did. Uh, the Suns didn't score for a while, but Chris Paul hooked up with uh, JaVale McGee to break a drought. Back to McGee straight away. Hands for Paul with eight on the shot clock and sets the screen. CP3 on the dribble drive. Brings it to the left elbow. Lobs to McGee for the jam. An alley-oop time to perfection from CP3 to JaVale McGee, and it's 107-100. Yeah, seven-point lead there. Damian Jones would score on a putback dunk to cut it back down to five. Uh, Chris Paul missed a three-pointer. Uh, then after a Jay Crowder rebound, he missed a layup. So it's a five-point game. The uh, Kings with the ball, and Harrison Barnes charging to the basket. Here comes Harrison Barnes streaking oh, through the lane. Oh. He ran over Devin Booker. He got the shot to go and the foul. Booker lying on his back right now. It's a chance at a three-point play for Harrison Barnes, who could pull it to a two-point game with a minute 12 left to play. Monty's going to call a timeout, and he is going to challenge it. So Monty Williams, who rarely uses the coach's challenge, is going to use it here. Upon review, the challenge is successful. Yes. That was a big play. Yeah, it was. Wiped out the potential three-point play. Yeah. Yeah. 
It could have. Uh, but, you know, the Kings didn't give up at that point. Some missed free throws opened the door. It's a uh, three-point game, and the Kings with the ball. Darren Fox to inbound. Near sideline, 7.8 seconds to go. Lobs in for Metu, who lost the handle momentarily. Tried to track it down in the corner. It's out of bounds, and who was the last to touch it? Booker Suns was there balls. defensively. They're going to say off of Metu, and the Suns force the key turnover there to get the ball back with 5.8 seconds left. I couldn't figure that play out for the life of me. Bick. Mm-hmm. It's a three-point game. Why Chemezi Metu was in the game uh, was one question. That was not a well-executed play. It, it was, lot, it was, it was from, actually really well-executed because he got free for a layup, but, but De'Aaron Fox didn't pass the ball. He passed it late. They're going for two as opposed to three. The right. Suns didn't play defense. It was horrible all the way around. <laughs> Yet it led to a turnover. Uh, Chris Paul made some free throws, and at the end of the game sounded like Fox this. will inbound. Buddy Heald gets the ball, tries the three, and can't get it. That will do it. The final score, Suns 109, Kings 104. Suns win, and number five is alive. That is the win streak. It goes to five, although it looked like it was going to be an easy one tonight, and they had to fight off a late push of the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, John Bloom, Tim Kempton again on the calls. Five-point win for the Suns, fifth straight uh, win, uh, and a game, Bick, in which things got tight in the fourth quarter. Yep. Monty Williams, unfortunately, had to go back, bring his starters back in, and the Suns won a tight game when the fourth quarter production from Chris Paul and Devin Booker, their two closers, they were 0 for 4 from the field, 1 for 4 from the free th- or 2 for 4 from the free throw line, two combined points for Booker and Paul, and they still hung on to yeah, win. Yeah, Chris Paul had under 10 assists. Um it, it yeah, it was just a bizarre game for the for the Sacramento Kings to to be held to 12 points in the third quarter and then the Suns just to give that right back in with the 11 fourth. Yeah, with 11, right, and just to give that right back. Uh, I really like what you said earlier about Devin Booker and anybody who watches the Suns, you're right, there are so many times when he asks the bench for a, a video review, and, and I think over the course of time they've they've come to realize Devin always feels that way, and Devin isn't always right. So for, so for them to kind of act on that, call the timeout, challenge that, that was uh, that was instrumental, and as uh, as Bloomberg pointed out, Monty doesn't doesn't always enact those challenges. No, the last home game against Atlanta on Saturday, one of the things that I noticed from from my vantage point was, uh, now you got the crowd sitting back to where they were pre COVID. Mm-hmm. Even last year when the crowd came back, the N- NBA teams dominated that whole sideline. From from the yeah. baseline all the way to the yeah. scorer's yeah. table, that was their room. But now the fans are back there, and there was a particular play, and I don't remember the details of it, but Suns fans just getting on Monty Williams. you got to challenge that, Monty. you got to challenge it. Uh-huh. it. It's really, like, not, not that he's going to listen to a fan, but he's got his players on one side saying, we got to look at this. The fans admonishing him to challenge it. At this point, I think Monty Williams has proven uh, on that front, it's got to mm-hmm. be obvious, and that was a pretty obvious missed call. Uh, and and to the to the credit of the officials and the replay center, they got it right, and yeah. it was instrumental in that win. And it's one of the things I love about Monty too, because Monty really really tries hard to not 
put any focus on the officiating at all. Mm-hmm. And I really admire that philosophy because you, it, it's a pet peeve of mine. So of course I do. I, I just, I don't like basketball teams to get preoccupied and to, to harp on referees and, and lose focus and don't get down court, that kind of stuff. So I, I really do appreciate for the most part that Monty Williams is so not engaged with that. And so always trying to set a different example that he doesn't always use yeah. those challenges. Some coaches, they can't wait to use a challenge. There's something weird happening in terms of the NBA and officiating, though. The players, a lot of players are coming out in public on the record and saying they're kind of enjoying these new rules where these players that are fishing for fouls all the time, mm-hmm. if it's not a natural basketball move, they're not going to reward that anymore. Devin Booker did it last night. No, I've enjoyed it. You know, I feel like the referees are kind of overcompensating right now. I think it's going to go back. You know, not to where it was and them calling so many fouls, but there's a lot of obvious calls that don't get called anymore, too. I think trying to prove a point or overcompensate, but, you know, they're doing it consistently for both teams. So, you know, it's just something that you got to play through. And, and you know, I think when there's a obvious foul, you still should call that foul. But, you know, I think they're just changing the mentality of the players to, you know, stay away from them, them bait fouls and, you know, drawing a lot of contact and, you know, just making making simple plays and using your skills. So, you know, I've enjoyed it. I have too, quite honestly. Yeah, it's a huge change. Got real frustrating, but from a fan of viewer standpoint, it's been oh. it's been nice. And I hope it doesn't go back to the way it was to yeah, Devin Booker's yeah. point. I, I was get by the end of last season, by the end of last postseason, I was getting visibly upset with the three fouls on three point shooters. And then the people kicking out their legs to draw fouls, all that stuff, they just need to kind of get that out of the game, and I'm glad they are. FanDuel FanFest, the biggest party in sports, heads to Westworld of Scottsdale on December 11th. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and to claim your free tickets. Coming up next, Cardinals dealing with some injuries, but they're also dealing with the reality that they're the best team in the NFL right now. We'll get into all of it next. Pickley and Murata mornings live from the Ak-Chin Community Studios. Here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Bickley and Murata Mornings. They've made huge contributions um, since they've been here. All those guys, and Cole included, just it was more behind the scenes. Nobody got to really see what he can do on the field except you know the players and coaches that, that watch him every day at practice or training camp and um, so that was great to see his hard work and preparation pay off but they, they've been tremendous leaders tremendous competitors and, and they've definitely um, you know stepped up the intensity of practice in the locker room uh, in the building overall with their attention to detail and their focus and uh, they've been a, a huge addition for us. That's Cliff Kingsbury yesterday on the off-season acquisitions for the Cardinals. Colt McCoy mentioned there, uh, and they did have fingerprints on that win. Colt McCoy at the center of it. James Conner, an acquisition. Marcus Gold. Big game. Uh, 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 Rodney Hudson. uh, Rodney Hudson. uh, Him him coming back. And not all of them were on the field. J.J. Watt, A.J. Green were not there. But I go back to what my thinking was, Bick, uh, in the off-season and it was interesting. Like the Cardinals certainly were looking for a type, if you will, a veteran, respected, usually a member of the 2011 draft class, uh, but veterans to come in and help mm-hmm. this team. And that point intrigued me. Um, so I think Steve Kime got high marks from a lot of people for what he did. The questions were: Okay, can Cliff Kingsbury take these acquisitions yep. now and prove? that he is the coach to guide this team in the right direction. 
And we are nine weeks in, and those answers uh, have come pretty loudly and pretty clearly. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's a finished product right now. Cliff Kingsbury has done a masterful job following up Steve Kimes' masterful job, but still work to be done. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think this period of time is is going to be very important for the Cardinals because if they can cling to the number one seed uh, until Kyler Murray gets back, whenever that is, um, that's going to be uh, something very important. I, I fully expect Kyler Murray is going to miss this weekend's game as well. I may be wrong about that. I'm just guessing from the fact that he was still hobbling around Sunday. A high ankle sprain is different than a, a rolled ankle. It it's it takes a while, and you can you can re-injure those puppies really, really quickly and really easily. So this is a stretch where uh, you know the command that Colt McCoy has with the offense, and and the way that Cliff Kingsbury was able to get him in rhythm. Uh, it, it was interesting to me because that game on Sunday was watching Cliff Kingsbury sort of call a game with the quarterback who completely stays exactly on schedule. You know what I mean? There is no outside-the-script plays from Colt. Not, I won't say none, but but the ball is coming out right when it's supposed to. He's getting it to where the play design is designed to be, whereas Kyler Murray adds a level of, of athletic and unscripted to the whole thing. Uh-huh. You know? And one of the— I, I, I heard somebody talk about this in relation to Patrick Mahomes, and I thought it was a really good point, that Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback is really, really struggling right now. His mechanics are, are whack, and there's all sorts of things going on with him. And, and somebody pointed out th- there are quarterbacks who, who operate like gourmet chefs, and it, 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 you trust them to put in agree- ingredients as they go along by taste. They're creating on the fly. Whereas quarterbacks like Colt McCoy, who are more like the Tom Brady mold, where it's just intellectual, it's getting rid of the ball, it's it's going to the foundation and the basics. Following the recipe as written. Exactly. That's what it is. Following the recipe as written rather than improvising and creating something Mm -hmm. that might blow your mind or it might not. And and so that kind of struck me that, wow, this offense, it, it almost looked like Cliff was more comfortable knowing the outcomes of the plays than sometimes he is with Kyler. Yeah. Now, maybe that's a stretch. One of the criticisms, if you will, and the way that recipe was written, by the way, it, it didn't look like it was going to be all that tasty because it was a lot <laughs> right. of short passing. Right. It was very conservative, and people will point out, well, Colt McCoy, yeah, he completed 80% of his passes or whatever the number was. But the average yard per attempt, or air yards per attempt was 3.5. Don't look at that number as the finished product. Now, if you're averaging air yards 3.5 per attempt and you complete 22 passes for 74 yards, you got yourself a problem. Yeah. But you'll take 249 yards on 22 completions. Especially when they add up to 36 minutes of time of possession. Yes, you'll take 7 of 15 on third downs every game, you know, every day of the week. Dinking and dunking is fine when it works. When it doesn't. Brady's made a career of it. Yeah, when it doesn't work and you're you're throwing the ball short of the sticks just to keep your completion percentage high on third down, it'll frustrate everybody. I you know I I go back and and I never had the feeling of being frustrated by that offense with the conservative approach because it was carried out so well. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of yards after catch. Yeah. Yeah, no, listen, it, it's I I do agree with you. I think it was masterful. I mean, here you are a team that was missing uh the the second best wide receiver in football, top 3 at at at, at worst. Missing Kyler Murray, A.J. Green, Chase Edmonds goes out, and you get career days from Colt McCoy and James Conner simultaneously. That, that was, that's 
also a function of calling the right plays, of presenting a very healthy mix of run and pass. And and then you threw in a couple of the the trick plays, and it it's it was just a very well orchestrated game plan. That mm-hmm. once and once again, though, it 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 worked very well because the Cardinals were able to jump out ahead of the opponent, and that has been such a great great trait of this year's yeah, team. Yeah, that's their recipe. That's oh, their blueprint. Yeah. And you mentioned the absence, not having your top two receivers in DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury was asked about those uh, two yesterday. A.J.'s still in the protocol. Uh, we're hoping to get him back sooner than later, but he's got a test out of that thing. And then Hop is really just day-to-day still. We'll, we'll see how he progresses as we uh, as we go through the week. Every case is different on the, the COVID front, mm-hmm. but considering the timing and you know, connecting the dots and Cliff Kingsbury saying earlier this year that we're 100% vaccinated. You would assume that A.J. Green's been vaccinated. Um, you know, he tested positive last week. Uh, Timetables usually indicate that one game missed when, when A.J. Green popped the positive yeah, test. right. The timetable on DeAndre Hopkins is a little bit different with a hamstring, but the fact that he, you know, he was limited, obviously, in the Green Bay game, that long week, I didn't hear, maybe you heard, Bick, did Cliff Kingsbury talk about how close DeAndre Hopkins was to playing? My gut feeling, Vinny, is he was close to to playing because that trick play that they ran with Christian Kirk was intended for DeAndre Hopkins. That play was scripted for D-Hop, and, and, and I think that if that were the case, unless that play was installed weeks ago, who knows? I, I, I think, and even listening to Cliff Kingsbury talk about um, D Hop being day to day, it sounds like he's in a different level than Chase and Kyler. Yeah, I, I would agree. Yeah, and and so that would be a good thing too for him to come mm-hmm. back this week. So it's time now for our character counts. Brought to you by Parker and Sons Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Red Mountain High School senior Asia Rivera was assigned a community service project uh, called ASA Now, a nonprofit organization based in Mesa that aids foster children and learned uh, it needed birthday supplies. She collaborated with a friend to start Birthday in a Bag, a drive dedicated to collecting birthday cake mix, goodies, and party supplies for foster children. The drive became a school-wide affair as other clubs jumped into the idea and started to gather supplies to help out. Rivera dedicates time to several community service outlets, including Special Olympics. The senior also plays basketball for her school and has managed to keep a 43 GPA. She was awarded with the Academic Booster Achievement Award from 2019 to 2021, and she also volunteers at Paz de Cristo, an outreach center in Mesa that feeds people in need and participated in Christmas Angels with the Salvation Army. Uh, She's got her eyes set on learning psychology in college. If you know a high school student that shows great character, go to charactercountsaz.com and enter them to win a $10,000 scholarship courtesy of Parker and Sons. Coming up next, Sarah Cazell helps us get caught up on the big stories of the day. It's Rush Hour Reboot. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Setting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. That's American-owned and American-dreamed Brooklyn Betting. All right. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Bickley and Murata Mornings, and more specifically, welcome to the Rush Hour Reboot. I am Sarah Cazell, along with Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, and Jarrett Carlin. At 7.30 every morning, we run you through what you need to know for the day in Valley Sports and beyond. Uh, Let's start with the NFL. 
because what else? Uh, this Let's morning, do it. Yes. This morning on ESPN.com, Bill Barnwell, who does a lot of great uh, NFL coverage for ESPN, he put out his five MVP candidates at the halfway point of the NFL season. It goes like this. His top candidate is Matthew Stafford. Number two, Kyler Murray. Number three, Tom Brady. Number four, Lamar Jackson. And number five, Aaron Rodgers. All quarterbacks there. Who is your pick at this point, Dan Mintz? Uh, it wouldn't be Matthew Stafford. I, I, it's amazing <laughs> to me how preordained this feels for him this year. And I, I'm not buying it. I, I think right now I am, I am going to, at this moment, give it to Lamar Jackson. Because I saw this stat, all right? Lamar Jackson became the first quarterback this season to win three games after trailing by double digits, which was exactly everything he was supposed to not be able to do. He was 0-6 before the season when trailing by double digits. So I'm giving Lamar Jackson a slight edge over Kyler Murray with lots of time to go. I don't have a problem with that. I, I do, in real time, have a problem with the Matthew Stafford thing. Mm-hmm. Um you're right, though. That does feel... It feels like they just decided he's going to win the MVP It's like Nikola Jokic. I mean... And some MVP he's yes. turned out to be, huh? A lot, so hothead. A lot of this is going on, though, by the way. At halftime of the Sunday night game, Drew Brees said on NBC that the Buffalo Bills are the best team in the AFC. <laughs> they just lost to Jacksonville and scored six <laughs> oh, points. I know. I just You're paid lost. to watch football and talk about it, and you that's what you come up with? Lost like two you, out of three games. You can't adjust on the fly because apparently you, you prepared your notes on Friday night and didn't watch any of the <laughs> Buffalo game. <laughs> so I disagree with Bill Barnwell and the Stafford thing right now, and, and I wouldn't give Kyler Murray the nod right now either because of this, the Steve Nash principle. You miss a game and your team thrives without you, Eh, that's a knock on your MVP candidacy, it I think. kind of is. Okay, that was going to be my next question. How much do you think missing Sunday's game and watching your team thrive without you hurts his candidacy? I think it does substantially. Now he's going to have a chance to come back and, and, and elevate the play, but it, it, if we're gauging this in real time... I think that's the correct way to look at it. I might be wrong, but that's no, the way no. I, see I think it, it is, and, and no, I I think there's there's no doubt about that to me. And so I I think, but there's also plenty of time and a lot of big yes. games left for this thing to be decided. But it, I do think in the here and now, it does have an effect. Can I counter that and follow that up then with is Cliff's coach of the year uh, candidacy hurt by him missing a game and them doing well? No, no, no. because he still game planned the whole thing. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, yesterday we had Dave Pash on Bickley and Murata Mornings, Cardinals play-by-play voice, who I believe also covers, uh, calls some other NFL stuff on yes, occasion as everything. well. He does and NBA he's doing Westwood College. One now. Yes, uh, he was on the show yesterday and said, of all of the teams he has seen, which is just about all of them, the Cardinals are the best right now. The fact that the Cardinals, with Kyler Murray, can go out there and be one of the most dynamic offenses in football and spread it around the field and throw it deep, and you got all these weapons, and you can run a reverse pass with Christian Kirk, or you can just line up and bash somebody in the face. And that, to me, again, I, I said this, guys, you know, a couple weeks ago after I'd seen, maybe it was last week, after I'd seen all the other one-loss teams, doesn't mean the Cardinals are going to win the Super Bowl, but I, I, that's the best team I've seen. I've seen them all pretty much in person, including some of the games I've done for Westwood One. The Cardinals are the best team in the league right now. Okay. If the Cardinals are the best team in the league right now, what team is the worst? (laughs) 
The Buffalo Bills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. No, that's not true. Looking at you, Josh Allen. Um, Which one? Look, we've seen Jacksonville show signs of life. We've seen the Jets recently show signs of yeah. life. We're, who hasn't it, shown signs of life? It's between the Texans and the Lions <laughs> yeah. to me. Uh-huh. Flip a coin. I think it's got to be the Lions. Flip an ugly coin. Yeah. Yes, that's the thing. Of all of those nasty teams that you just mentioned, the Lions are the one team that we've not been able to say, oh, there's a sign of life. The Lions exactly. played hard until Well, but they're recently 0 and 8, they got blown and out. Everybody knew coming into the year that the Texans were in tank mode, okay? And, and the Lions came into this year, and he was talking all that stuff. And they're 0-8. And, yes. and here we go. How many kneecaps have we eaten yeah. so far this season? He didn't say He's all eat, full. just bite. Just, just biting. Bite. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Just just gnawing on it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's normal. All right. The uh, Browns, they officially placed Odell Beckham Jr. on waivers yesterday. The deadline for other teams to claim him is at 2 o'clock Arizona time today with the time change. Uh, 2 o'clock Arizona time. That includes paying the remaining $7.25 million on OBJ's deal. The Seahawks are among the teams that have that cap space and are rumored to be interested. Of course they are. Of course. Yesterday, Pete Carroll had a very sly answer when he was asked about the possibility of OBJ coming to Seattle. Uh, you'll have to wait and see how we how this all goes. But um, at this time, um, you know, I, I don't know. I've been on the practice field. I don't know what's going on with any as you As you would think, um, we're aware of what's going on, and we've been involved to, to understand it and compete and to, to know what's happening. Um, and uh, we'll let you know as it, as it all happens. Wait for I it. Wait. Wait for it. So I didn't say yes or I didn't say no, but that's just because you'll see. <laughs> that's just because I'm a football wow. coach and I can't answer a question <laughs> in a straight fashion. It's, it's illegal to do that if yeah. you're an, a football coach. Okay. Is Russell Wilson's return enough to make you fear the Seahawks again? Yes. It is. Yes. He's got a history of it, and I, I don't. I think there's a lot of people questioning just how dominant Russell Wilson is at this stage of his career, and how much he's going to be going forward. That the that the really good stuff might be in the rearview mirror. But I, I, I'm sorry, I've seen too many second half runs of excellence from Seattle over the past decade to, to count them out. So sorry, Jared, I'm not counting them out yet. <laughs> it's a four and a half game lead. The only thing that gives me pause in saying, no, I don't fear them, is that they have two games left with the Cardinals. Yes. Okay. And they've got nine games left overall, right? They're three and five. Mm-hmm. So, they've, I mean, that's a lot of football. They win. Could they be go, a lot of losses. They go seven and Could two. Be. They're a ten-win football team. So, Vince, if, if Russ's return alone is not enough to make you fear them, what about if they had OBJ on the team? No, I think uh, that would counteract any of the benefits of Russell Wilson coming back <laughs> <Yeah>. would. <laughs> Well, okay. listen, here's here's what I think. I, I, I think watching uh, Baker Mayfield and the Browns just annihilate the Bengals without Odell Beckham Jr., it, it puts a lot of onus on Odell Beckham Jr. to go someplace and show he could be a winning football player. Their playoff run last year was without OBJ yeah, also. without a doubt. They got better yeah. when he was not there. And, and I think it's unequivocal that you can say the Browns are better off without Odell Beckham Jr. Is that universal? We'll find out. But, you know, it wasn't his fault with the Giants. It wasn't his fault with the Browns. It, it's never his fault. Yeah. yeah. The, the people who think he's some kind of martyr and some sort of suppressed superstar, the free Odell, I, I just, what football player are you looking at? Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, finally, let's look at college basketball. That season starts today for the men and the women. The Pac-12 preseason poll uh, predicts a seventh-place finish for the ASU men, a fourth-place finish for the U of A men. Guys, what are your expectations for ASU in Bobby Hurley's now seventh season at the helm? I can't believe that. Yeah, it's that doesn't sound right. Crazy. Um, look, I hate to sound like a cop. I have no idea. That's not you a want cop to out. talk about complete roster turnover. Yeah. Uh, and we talked to Bobby Hurley late last week um, you know, about that roster turnover. There's some intriguing pieces. Last year, going into the season with all the challenges that COVID presented the entire sport, not just ASU, I felt great about that team. And it fell flat. There was just no chemistry. Yeah. They had nothing. Nothing. Uh, so I think the turnover will, will serve them well. But I have no idea. The uh, I really the, don't. One of the things, and and I know you know this as well, is that when when you really get down to a day to day basis of a college basketball team, ASU had no team bonding possibilities at all. Yeah. No dinners at the Hurley House. No getting together. It was just really like you said. It mm-hmm. was impossible to build any kind of chemistry, which is probably a lot more important in college than it is in the pros. And sure. we know the curtain of distraction is good for at least five wins a year, and they didn't have that last <laughs> yeah, that's year. That's right. <laughs> well, at least they get that back. They do get that back. There you go. Uh, but I'm curious. I'm really looking forward to watching that team play with all the new pieces oh, uh, yeah. tonight against uh, Portland. Thank you, Sarah. Thank Rush you. Hour Reboot. We get caught up on the big stories of the day at 7.30. Coming up next, it's Tuesday, a Tobacco Road-themed edition of Mustache. No to Mustache. That's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Mustache. Not a mustache. A mustache, a mustache, a mustache, big mustache, thick mustache, my mustache, your mustache. Say the word, the word mustache. A mustache, a mustache. Now we both have said mustache. A mustache, a mustache. If you only got a mustache. That's your mom and she's got a mustache. <laughs> Uh, It is that time of week for America's fastest growing facial hair related quiz sensation, mustache. Not a mustache. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) That's correct. And today, because the Cardinals are playing the Carolina Panthers, it is an Uh all Carolina Panther themed edition. So all the clues will have something to do with either North Carolina or Panthers or Panthers. Wow. Ooh. Okay. Whether it's, it's somebody from there, talking about there, et cetera, et cetera. And here's how it's going to work. I'm going to present you guys with a sound bite from a movie, a TV show, an interview, or a song. And you'll have to tell me whether the person talking or singing has a mustache or does not have a mustache. And then for a bonus point, you can correctly identify the person. First one, the 10 points wins. We'll go with that. And then... <laughs> Yeah. We'll just say that now. Who yeah. won last week, Jarrett? I believe Vince won last week. How's that sound, everybody? Yeah. I think I did. No, he did. Okay. He All did right. Well, uh, okay. Now, I remember because I could, I could yes, have that's protested right. it, that's but correct. he was so good, yes. I let it go. That's true. We're going to be... Out of deference. I hope we're not running yeah. down that road today. Coach Bobby too, Finstock. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, Vince, would you like to go first or second today? I'll go second. You'd like to go second today? All right. Let's do it. All right, Dan. Musical clue to start. Okay. In my mind, I'm going to Carolina. Can't you see the sunshine? Can't you just feel the moonshine? Ain't it just like a friend of mine? Uh, that would be James Taylor. 
And this is tricky because, is tricky. Yeah. because is there tricky. have been times when he's had a mustache and times when yes. he hasn't. And I'd hate to start off right away with yeah. such a controversial yeah. clue. Uh, I'm going to say at this stage in his career, this was a mustache. Yes, you are correct, sir. Mm, well done. Oh, Thank I'm you. glad you said that so we didn't have to go down this road. Yeah. Yes. But now I will frantically try to no, prove if, otherwise. If you, if you Google image <laughs> the name and the song, uh-huh. he has a mustache in the uh, single that is was released. So very well done. Two points to start. All right, Vinny. Mm-hmm. I'm rocking the suburbs, just like Michael Jackson did. I'm rocking the suburbs, you said that he was talented. I'm rocking the suburbs, I take the checks and face the facts. The suburbs are with computers. I've never heard that song before in my life. That's That would make two of us. I'm stunned by that, Vinny. Going... I thought that was right in your wheelhouse. I'm sorry. That's Why you that that in my wheelhouse. Well, I don't like do the I don't like to play songs that I'm going to use context though. Here we go. Knowing what I know. Oh boy. The sound of the song. I'm going to say that's Good Charlotte, not a mustache. That is not not a mustache is correct, but that is Ben Folds 5. Okay. Good guess, though. That was a great That was a great guess for the the topic of the the mustache. Not what the mustache. is the name of that song? Should, should anybody... Rocking the suburbs. It was a, it was a pretty big hit. Ooh, I'd never heard that, it. Neither yeah. have I. Then that'd be three of us. How big could it have been? <laughs> that's right Aaron... in your that's right in your wheelhouse, Jerry. The well, one, I, the one not... time he includes a song that's not from 1970. Yeah. None of us. I'm know not it. that hip, and I and I knew that song very well. All right, I'd say early 2000s. Ben folds five. Uh, the band just texted me and <laughs> appreciated you mentioning them with hip. Let's go. We're hip at Continue. All right, here we go. Uh, Dan? The guy in your ear that told you you have to ask that question, as a journalist, that's fine, but as a human being, that's not very nice because it's not very sensitive, and i got to think that in tough times that people should be more sensitive. I could give a about North Carolina right now. Uh, that is Roy Williams, not a mustache. That is correct. Well done. One of his finest moments as an honest person. I just uh, did a quick search on the uh, discography of Ben Folds <laughs> 5 on Wikipedia. Yeah. One of uh, one of Dave Burns' favorite bands. Rock in the really? Suburbs doesn't even come up come up on a list of their singles released. <laughs> it was it was their biggest hit. What? It was it's reference all it's often. Brick was their biggest hit by far. Well, that that <laughs> song is referenced often by uh I'm just saying. Uh one of the Neil Everett I think on on Sports Center. All right, here we go. Therefore it's a hit. <laughs> <laughs> Vince? <laughs> Social media. Like, it's amazing what people put out. Really, if you're our fans, don't do that. You know, come on, man. These kids are 18 and 19 years old. I mean, you can question my coaching. And when you do question it, by the way, just come into Cameron and look up in the ceiling. All right. And then, then find out if you should question that. Oof. You know? Dang. <laughs> Drop the mic. Oh. I don't think I've ever heard that. Neither have okay. I. Well, Wasn't that to a student reporter? Yeah. Vince, do you know who it is? Um, ben Folds. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, Mike Krzyzewski, not a mustache. That is correct, yes. What a jerk face. Yeah. What a smug, what a smug, a smummy, what was the word? <laughs> that doesn't apply here. No. Oh, okay. Um, Just smug. Bix up 4-3, go to the top of the third. All right. Uh <laughs> Mr. Check the out-of-town scoreboard, Vinny. <laughs> Mr. Bickley. All right. Jerry Krause was right there. And, you know, I don't know who inv- invited him. I didn't. But uh, uh, I hope he understands. I hope he understands it, it goes a long way. And he was a very competitive person. I was a very competitive person. He said organization wins championships. 
I said, I didn't see organization playing with the flu in Utah. <laughs> I didn't see him playing with, you know, with the bad ankle. Uh, yeah, that would be Michael Jordan, and that would be not a mustache. That is incorrect. That is Michael Jordan, obviously. And it does not have a mustache. You're correct. The M is for uh, Michael, <laughs> not for mustache. Correct. Two points. <laughs> Sorry. All right, Vince. Pump fake by Jared and a dandy. My fault. Vince. Six, three. I need this one. I'm exercising my blood right. The challenge for the mantles of King and Black Panther. The challenge will take weeks to prepare. Weeks? I don't need weeks. The whole country ain't got to be there. I just need him and somebody to get me out of these chains. Uh, am I wrong? There's at least two voices in that. The, not, the one, the majority of the voice there. Not, not the one that said it'll take two Can minutes. I just hear the first couple seconds of, of course, it again? Of course. I'm exercising my blood right. The challenge for the mantles of King and Black Panther. I never saw that movie. What? It's one of two. I'm going to say... Chadwick Boseman. Oh, no, Vinny. It's the other one. It's Michael B. Jordan. Yes, I just played a a Michael Jordan clip, Vinny. It is a mustache. That is correct. Yeah. But I just played a Michael Jordan clip, and now I played a Michael B. Jordan clip. Like, I'm trying to get into your head. (laughs) No, 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 no. What? Don't do that. All right, Vince. That is disgusting. All right. right. Dan. Yeah. This this one is difficult, but it was at the request. Oh! Of Sarah Cazell. Have you heard that song before? No. <sighs> Apparently, mustache, not a mustache, has just turned into like song request. Yeah. Hour. North, North <laughs> It's tougher than I you can't think. even quite formulate an educated guess, but okay. I will say yes, a mustache. You are correct with yes, a mustache. That was P.T. Pablo. P.T. Ah, Pablo. Okay. Yeah. That song was huge. Huge. All right. Unlike that Ben Fold song. <laughs> okay, Vince. Kill it. Ben E. King mustache. Oh, Kill it. Wow, the, like ben, the Ben E. I'm, a, King I'm, I'm not trying to show up. I'm just, like no, it. I'm just, because we're way You're past aggravated. time. No, 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 You're absolutely. Aggravated. That was, was very good. All right. Yeah. Uh, last, Seven, six. Last two clues here. Fix right. up. Okay, you, you get a perfect score here. You could you could win. Dan. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Now, I'm just telling you, this is a, a friend, you know, a pal, a buddy. <laughs> oh, boy. Nip it in the bud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to, I don't know. I'm just going to take a wild guess. Don Knotts, not a mustache. <laughs> oh, he nailed it. Winner. That was clutch. Nip wow. it in the bud. Wow. That was Don Knotts from wow. uh, the Andy Griffith Show set in Mayberry, North Carolina. And we did not get to uh, the last clue of. Uh, it's called Sex Panther. <laughs> but I believe Vince probably would have got I that. probably would have got that. Yes. But wow, well that, that done, was a tough one. That was yeah. a battle. That was a you were in the in the mud and the grime of the swamps of North Carolina and you came out clean as a whistle. In what game? In the game of mustache. 
Not a mustache. A mustache. A mustache. That was a that was a clinic you today. Got <laughs> you got hosed, Vinny. You got hosed. I uh, request Ben, ben Folds five. 5 bumper music. Petey Pablo oh, bumper music the rest of the show. <laughs> Big's got your blast. Coming up next, Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.